and welcome to Game Brain, a board game podcast about our gaming group. I'm your host, Tom Donnelly, and I am here with the one, the only, Ben Mandelker. How you doing, Ben? Hi, Tom. Good morning. Good morning. It is 10 a.m. on a Saturday. 10 a.m. Just the two of us. I know. Good morning know. date. Usually we have a third, but everybody is, everybody is it, they're in this phase of life where they're pretending like they're busy and they have things to do. Yes. they. Everyone is actually has real life obligations. I can't believe they are not taking time out of their Saturdays to sit and record a podcast. It is ridiculous. Yeah. And let's just start right off with the big piece oh my God. of news. Lay it on me. We want to thank everybody out there who voted for our little little endeavor our little labor our of love experiments our little our little labor of love right our yeah little, our tiny little community that basically ben and i would be talking for two hours about the games that we played in the last week anyway but we record it and we give it to you and for some reason you guys really like it because you guys have nominated us again for a golden geek award for best podcast thank you thank, thank you. you thank you this is very cool this is so so cool um uh yeah thanks to everyone who who went and like took the time to go onto board game geek and like you know go through the process of nominating it's sort of you know it's a thing to do it takes takes some time uh not that much time but it takes enough time that like that's time you could be doing something else so not, not super all cool our, not all over game brainers did it wow <laughs> wow can People you believe put, that wow put on blast i'm but, not i'm not gonna say who okay i'm not gonna say who i'm just you know the fact that he's not just uh, a, a fellow member of this, but he's also a family member, hurts oh, me. But I'm not going wow. to name names. Well, I'm I always not think, name names. I always think of Election, the movie Election, oh, where there's like a it's a, a student movie. election, one of my favorite movies of all time. Alexander and, Payne, Reese Witherspoon, Matthew right. Roderick. If you've never seen it, check it's, it out. I like it's literally great. But um, like how there it's a student election, and you have Tracy Flick, who's Reese Witherspoon, and then you have whoever the jock is. I forgot his name, but played by Chris Klein. And when it comes down to this election, she, of course, votes for herself. And then he is like, oh, I feel weird. So he doesn't he votes for her because he feels like it'd be weird to vote for himself. And it has consequences, big consequences. consequences. So I always think about that counts. Yeah. So, I mean, on the one hand, those who those in our group who did not vote for us, they are very, you know, that's you know, that's very sweet. But um, that's impactful. Yes. Impactful. Makes a difference. Yes. Um, Now. Of course, comes the other part of it, which is now that we've been nominated, you have to vote for us again. We, yeah, yeah. Look, um, we have been very honored by you, by you folks, that we have been nominated. Yes, every single year since the Golden Geeks have uh, begun. Yeah, we have been the perennial nominee for best the uh, Susan board, Lucci board game. Was a, exactly what I was about to say. I was about to say we are in danger of becoming the Susan Lucci of the Golden Geeks. Always yes. nominated, never winning. Although I, I, there's several Susan Lucci's, I will say to our, to the to the credit of I don't want to I don't want other people who listen to other podcasts to be like, um, hello, what about that show? There are several Susan Lucci's in the category, and we can all be Susan Lucci's together. Yes. But we are realizing that we are becoming definitely a Susan Lucci, not no longer a repeat nominee. We're a Susan Lucci. So, and we love Susan Lucci. What a lovely actress, Amazing. lovely woman. But she did eventually win. She did win. She did eventually. She did win, and and we so and we want to, we want to follow in that trajectory. Yes, we would love it if you guys could 
if you guys could vote, vote early, vote often, tell everyone else to, to vote for us. People that don't listen to podcasts and don't really care about that category, you don't have a, a dog in that yeah. one, have them listen to one episode. Pick one of your favorite episodes, have them listen to it, and have yes. them vote, vote for us. We would love to come back with a W. Not so much for, for Ben and I, because we, we're a little more well-adjusted, but um, last year, Maddie took it kind of hard. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he locked himself in a room, guys, there, without even a solo game. There was there was Cried. a week Months. where you know we didn't really have a lot of contact with him, and eventually hygiene was the thing that that you know required an intervention. And but we dealt with it the way we deal deal with everything with grace and style, yes, and, and class. Um, so if you just for Maddie alone, can you bring can you just, bring us the win? Just for the sake of of his hygiene for his family. For his neighbors, it's really not about. It's not about our egos, guys. No, it's not about our egos. No. It's not about being able to walk into a bar and be like, "Hey, guess what? We won best, you know, board game podcast." It's really just about Matt, the founder of this podcast. Just we don't want him to. We just we want him to be happy. Yes, we want him to live life. We want him to thrive. Right. You know, is that so bad? It's not so bad. I think it's a simple request. So everyone, please go vote for us. Um, also, but, but by the way, sincerely, congrats also to the other nominees, which 100%. always sounds like such a hollow thing on award shows or whatever, but it really is sincere. There's a lot of like some of my favorite podcasts, like it's so cool to be nominated with them. So we, we, we love all the other podcasts. They're, they're great. They're awesome. But we, we need our moment to shine. If you could vote for us, we would very much appreciate it. In order to vote for us, uh, you have to be a current supporter of Board Game Geek. So you have to have the little supporter badge or you can pay 20 uh, geek gold in order to be able to vote. If you want to vote for us and you do not fit either of those two criteria, I would say go to our Discord and, uh, you know, do a little, uh, make a little comment on Discord and say, hey, does anybody have some geek gold they can they can uh, give me so that I can do the voting? Because uh, Matty Robinson in the past has been known as a uh Geek gold millionaire uh, who can, gives it away. Who can who can give some away and uh, and and help people help people vote. Yeah, and if getting out the vote isn't what America is about, then I don't know. Yeah, I I would like this. I, you know, as, as someone who is on two different podcasts, I'll be interested to see which podcast I can get to win an award first because so far our track record is zero and zero. Duh. It's sad. <laughs> uh, nobody is crying for you. You're, 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 you guys are crushing it. Well, thank you. But, uh, you know, I just live for awards because I never win them, I think. I think I, when I, I don't win awards, so I just want them now all oh, the time. And the moment you win one, oh, my God. Then I become a monster. Oh, guys, if we win this, we're going to be so insufferable. Terrible. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be great podcasting. No, you know, I mean, our, our wives and boyfriends and significant others are going to hate it but you guys mm. are going to love it it's going to be really really good podcasting yeah it's going to be okay. great we'll just be talking about ourselves it's all for two hours 100 percent, but not about games just ourselves and our accomplishments we will be talking about the before times before we became golden Game yeah. winners and uh, and describe you know how hollow our life seemed now in retrospect i just can't wait for all the doors of hollywood to open up to me after i say guys i've won a Golden Geek Award for right. Best Board Game Podcast. All of a sudden, like, invitations to Nicole Kidman's house. You know, sitting at tables with Gwyneth Paltrow. You know, on advisory boards for, uh, you know, 
Spielberg's latest venture. Playing pickle, pickleball with Mark Ruffalo. I pickle, mean, it's just, yeah, that's, it just, it just everything opens up for us. We've, we've heard the way it's been going for people, and that's pretty much what you, yeah. what, what you come to expect. It's, it's the little things. Yeah, that's all I want. It's the little things. But it's, it's the Manny Petty that you, that you get with uh, Sir Ian McKellen. That yeah. really brings it over the top. It's like it's a black fly, but it's not in your Chardonnay. It's, <laughs> that's what that's what happens that's what happens no more black flies in your chardonnay all right enough of this nonsense please 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 vote for us for a best board game podcast we appreciate everything that you guys do and your support is astonishing we really do appreciate all of that thank you so so much please get us over the finish line if you possibly can vote early vote often um and uh yeah if you if you can't vote because you don't meet the criteria uh, hit us up on Discord, and who knows, uh, a the Golden Geek uh, Geek Coin Fairy may just uh, deposit something in your account. Very exciting. Uh, but there's other a whole other slate of nominees in the Golden Geeks. It's not just about podcasts. And Ben, you and I were talking about it. We are both huge fans of awards and award shows. Love it. I love pontificating about who should win, who I want to win, who will win. You've been invited twice now to an award show, a very uh, a niche award show event that I host every year. And yes. Once again, once again, you're not going to make it there. I'm in New York this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You always manage to be away. This for time that I'm one in New weekend. York. Last time I, last time I just was like, I just don't feel like being around people. This time I'm, I'm just going to be in New York. That's <laughs> um, so what I'm talking about now. We're going to get back to the Golden Geeks. I'm, I'm waiting to see how this ties into the Golden Geeks. I know where it's going. Well, so your vision song contest uh, is something I love. I'll talk about it more in a, in a few minutes, but. Uh, Oh, it's it's the weirdest award show you've ever seen in your in your life. It is just it is a music competition uh, like no other. Um, I love the Oscars. I'll, I, I watch them religiously. You know, if I never really know when the other award shows are on, or they're not really on my radar. But the moment one is on, I'm like I tune in immediately. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love it. Gold, Golden Globes, love the Golden Globes too. Even, you know, now the post controversy Golden Globes, I love it. People's Choice Awards, your favorite of them all, right? Oh, well, actually, the uh, MTV Best Kiss is, is always the... the, the uh-huh, the, for MTV Movie Awards, yeah, of course. That, that's, the one I, that's the one I go to Vegas to bet on. Yeah. Because right, you, you got to get that. Um, but we do have so many awards here. Let's, let's talk about what we think in certain key categories. Mm. First category let's, we're going to talk about is artwork and presentation. Yes. Now, the problem with these small categories, to me, Ben, Yes, is a lot of times these can be just sort of the general popularity contests. And people aren't mm. really awarding what is the best artwork. They're rewarding the game that they love in this category. Mm, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, or Well, I mean, that can happen to any award show where, like, sometimes people will vote for, for a, 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 like, a movie at the Oscars to win a category where they're not super strong at, but, like, they want to acknowledge the movie in some way because they know they don't want to vote for, for Best Picture. Or like when, you know, when certain actors or actresses, they win an, an Oscar for a pretty good role, but it's more like, oh, because we messed up for we, a few, we owe you them. know, we owe yeah. them. So like, so that can happen. You know, this is not, it's not just a board game thing. No, I guess not. Yeah, it's uh, human nature. Some of the nominees that we have talked about are Blood in the Clock Tower, Carnegie, uh, Endless Winter, Everdell, The Complete Collection, Foundations of Rome, uh, Heat, Pedal to the Metal, John Company, Second Season. 
uh, Weather Machine and Wonderland's War. Those are some of the ones yeah. that we've talked about on the podcast. Of those, what, what's jumping out at you? What, what do you think? Uh, also, don't this Cora Quest is one of the nominees, oh, which yeah, we mentioned. Sorry, we, did, we mentioned, yes. which I thought again was very cool because it's adapting children's drawings into action, which I think I just love. In terms of like actual of all the concepts here, that's my favorite concept. But you know, personally, I love the art on Carnegie. Um, Carnegie John Company second edition is fantastic like those two definitely get my vote you know because we can you can vote for multiple things i think yeah john company may edge it out i don't know but then again carnegie had such an amazing presentation in terms of like your components your player trays and everything so it's really 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 tough hard to say i go back and forth because I, I think i actually voted for carnegie over john company but then here i am saying maybe it's john company they're both wonderful it's tough to say for me, when I think of this category, I think what is the artwork that sets this game? Like, what is the, if you said this game without this artwork, nobody buys it. Okay. What would that be? Foundations of Rome. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you could make an argument. It, like, it, like, that game, it, it, that game was a massive success on Kickstarter because of those big, chunky Roman buildings. Because of the, the Roman buildings. They're absolutely gorgeous. I don't care for, for the, you know, I don't care for playing the game, but it is gorgeous. I will say Heat looks really good for a race Heat game. He looks great. It's a it's a surprisingly good game, and the baroque the baroque nature of Weather Machine is always beautiful. It is. I mean, all again, the little ornate. It reminds me. It's beautiful. Yes, of, of that of Vidal's designs. This is the one that feels closest to Brussels. You know, eighteen ninety three. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. I love that. You know how gorgeous that is, like an I, Art Nouveau. Yeah, uh, it kind of is. It kind of has a little bit of an Art Nouveau kind of flourish to all of the design yeah. in there. It's a gorgeous, eye catching board, but um, I still, I still give an edge, even with all those things. I, I, you know, I would actually make an argument that Foundations of Rome for sure caught everyone's eye and was very successful because of those chunky pieces. But I think actually in practicality, when when using them. They're they look great, but they're also just like it's overproduced. It's sure, like so sure. like the fact that it's such a big box actually starts to go from being amazing and beautiful to now kind of going the other way of like, yeah. but kind of annoying. So yeah, I'm and, guess, then, and then I'm also going to just throw out the fact that Everdell I think is one of the most beautiful games that, is that so has ever cute. been made. It yeah. is. It is. I, I don't know. It may have already won uh, previously because this is the complete collection. Mm. But I will say that every expansion to that game. They do it in such a thoughtful way that makes yeah. it's just it's just a beautiful. I have the edition that has the actual 3D tree yeah. that stands. It's gorgeous. Yeah, the tree is wonderful. Uh, Wonderland's War also has very cool art. It's not my style of art. Like I don't see that art and be like, this art is amazing. But a lot of people loved the art in that. So I, it's I, a little dark. Well, it's like it's sort of um, to me. It's sort of like soulless, cartoony. Mm -hmm. um, in a way that like Everdell is like charming and warm cartoony, but people love the Wonderland's war art. So I, I think it's totally a valid um, nominee in this category. Okay. Yeah. So, but your pick is Carnegie. Yes. I'm going to go with Carnegie. Cause I feel like as a holistic artwork and presentation, I feel like it was stronger just by a hair than John Company, but John Company was wonderful the way it's present, it's yeah. present, it's art and presentation. And for me, the heart wants what it wants. Uh, weather machine. When I when I think it's of when gorgeous, the first one when I look at all of these, the one that has the most vivid image pop in my mind is weather machine. Yes. Um, what's next? We, 
expansion. I can just there's, there's only one expansion here I've played, so okay. I can only I can only speak on one. Oh, I know why you want to speak on it. Go ahead and speak. Red on Cathedral it. Co- Contractors. That's it's my so choice. Good. It's my choice because the only one I've played. I have not played Viticulture World. I've, I don't have Wingspan Asia. I haven't played. I, I you know I don't really like parks, so I did not play Parks Wildlife on Mars. Alien Invasion not played yet. Dune Imperium. I had a bad experience playing Dune Imperium, so I have not even gone down the path of playing any of its expansions. It ha- it is so high in the board game geek rankings. It is yeah. so high for a game that we that, that we as a group generally. I mean, the, there are there are stands for this for this game. Yeah, in this people group, love it, but but not you know, too many. In our my group. my issue with the game. I, so sometimes with Dune Imperium, yeah. You know, I I can see how it could be really fun. I was I didn't like it, but I also wonder if I didn't like it because there was it was a situation like the, it was the context of the gameplay. It was a situation we were here for BrainCon and we we're all choosing games and someone said, "How about we play bus?" So I was like, "Okay, I guess we'll play bus." And then we sat down to play bus. I chose bus over the other game, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden everyone at the table said, "Hey, let's like I can't. No one knows how to teach bus. So oh, while we, no. th- so then someone's like, I can teach Dune Imperium, and they didn't know how to teach in Dune Imperium, and it was like this hobbledy gobbledy thing, and it was just like, and you were missing the, out on the other really great. I was game. missing out on the other game, and at that point, I felt like I had had a bait and switch because it was like I thought we were playing bus, and now we're not playing bus, and we're doing this, and then the person didn't know how to play, how to teach it, and then we sort of throughout the game, it was kind of like, oh, actually, this rules this. Oh, it's that, and I, by the end of it, I was like, I'm so. It actually ruined the rest of game brain for me because I was so mad. Oh, brain con, yeah, brain, yeah. Sorry, oh, man. I'm sorry. So I think that like sometimes I think that like I really have like nailed Dune Imperium to the cross over crimes it didn't commit. And, and let's be clear, I have been that teacher at times. I have had situations where I'm in the middle of a teach and I realize, oh. I'm teaching this really badly, and yeah. I don't know this well enough to teach. And you know, you just got uh, have, being in that situation. I have such sympathy when when that situation is going down, both for the people that are are, are suffering, trying to get through it, but also for the for the teacher that is just really trying to get it across and and is yeah. just struggling. Uh, I think we've all we've all done. Yeah, that we've all been there. I think, and I think actually, believe it or not, most of my frustration was in myself in that I did not stand up and say, guys, we we have to stop this. We're going to play a different game. Yeah. and I think now I would do that. I think I've it was a big growing moment for me that that stupid Dune Imperium game because I was so mad, and then I was mad that I was mad. That I just decided, like, I was like, I have to, like, in situations like this, I can't just sit there and stew because I ruined a whole day for myself because yeah. I was stewing so hard. That's so good. And so, like, I have grown from it in that I, I, I do think that I'm more forthright about being like, no, or like saying what I want a little bit more. But I hope you know this is a really safe place for you. You can totally, of course, but, say at the, but that was also, but that was like a year and a half ago. I mean, like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. so it's yeah. like, you know, you grow and you yeah. evolve. And either way, so uh, I've hated Dune Imperium ever since then. <laughs> oh. It's not fair to it, but I really don't like it. Um, let's move on to the innovative category because that's an interesting category. Let's do that's, it. that's another one of those categories that I think sometimes it just goes the popular kid gets gets voted in when the real innovation is a is is a different award winner. Um, what do you, have, what do you we, think is an example of that here of a popular kid that might not be so innovative, but? Um, well, I, I think that Blood on the Clock Tower could potentially win this, and I don't think it's very innovative. Okay, uh, I, I think it is a uh, an iteration of one of the most played games in the world, a, a 
public domain, you know, you know, party game that has existed for decades. Mm-hmm. And it is, I mean, listen, a good iteration, a good step forward, but I don't, I don't think it's innovative. Uh, I would say Cat in the Box, Deluxe Edition, tremendously innovative. The, right. the, the way I was going to say that, that was innovative. Right? Mm-hmm. Really, really changed everything. A Deal with the Devil is on this list and should be. Yeah. Uh, you, you may love it, you may hate it, but boy, oh boy, does that game take some chances and do things that, that we really haven't seen a lot in games. Uh, heat, I'm not sure Heat Pedal to, Pedal to the Metal is that innovative, I have to say. I, I really enjoy it, but I feel like we've... It's, there's, I've, there's a difference between a, a game that figures out how to do something great and a real innovative process, right? right? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's just like it's like a cool, a cool new twist on, yeah. on race games. It's sort of like a, again, it's sort of an iteration of Flamme Rouge in a weird way, um, deck building, but super fun, super yeah. fun. But I just don't know if I'd, I'd elevate it to innovative. And John Company Second Edition. The moment you say Second Edition, you probably shouldn't be on the innovative list. Yeah, I don't. You know, I, John Company First Edition, which I have, is unbelievably innovative is really awesome is a really what, interesting i don't so i mean this is going to get all the cold worldly people really mad and john, people love john company but i actually don't know what's innovative about it um well i think that it is a it is a process game that is about a process that is very different than anything we played there are there are are, are you saying that it's not innovative because it borrows too much from 18xx. No, I mean, it's, no, it's I just 18xx feel like, with no map. No, I mean, it's just you know we're doing things in the game, but I didn't feel like oh my god, this is like it, it didn't. I didn't feel like I was being thrust into a realm of innovation. I felt like I was like okay, cool. So we do this, then we do this, then we do this. Maybe the innovation is that like we're always taking over, um, we're always taking over offices. Or whatever, but I was like, um, I didn't feel like the game was like, this is, it's not that, I, it's, it's weird, I don't want to say it's nothing I've never, ever seen before, because I haven't seen it before, but it didn't, I didn't feel like it was necessarily innovating, because a lot of games we haven't seen before, but I wasn't like, this is a new take on X, Y, and Z. But by the way, if I mean, someone maybe writes maybe me on the Dis- most innovative, because you have a hard time, like, what is this game like? I mean, it has yeah. a little bit of 18xx to it. It has a little bit of Republic of Rome in it. It, it, it has like yeah. in its Rolling DNA dice and everything. Yeah, it's got, it's got some really interest. It it it's taking from some pretty far afield influences to put together a a game that is pretty unique. It even has a tiny bit of Demacher, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, so when I think of so I've been talking a lot about lately the Old Prince, which is an 1871. It's an 18xx game. Yeah. It's not nominated here, but to me, it's very innovative because it takes tried and true like like ways that we approach and play 18xx games, and it turns certain things totally on its head. We've never seen it before, never thought of 18xx in that way, never thought of doing it that way, and that should we be can already see, we can imagine that this is going to be the template for another strand of 18xx, and to me, that's like where that's what reads as innovative to me. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this is more like cool it's just like a lot of processes um i'm totally down to be corrected i'm sure people on discord sure will be like ben you're totally wrong that's cool i welcome it i want to hear i want to hear why it's innovative because i'm totally down to have my mind changed on this but 
Like, uh, by the way, there is a Ben is totally wrong subthread yes. on Discord. The problem is what we don't want is we don't want everything just clogging up the main Discord Great. server. So we've created a sub uh, a sub server called uh, Ben is wrong. Ben is wrong, and uh, it's a great crossover uh, sub server for both um, Game Brain and Watcher Crappen. So if you want to say that I'm <laughs> you want to say that I'm wrong about John Company, that's where you can do it. But if you also want to say I'm wrong about my stance. On Lindsay versus Danielle on Summer House, that's also the place to do it. Is that the way? Is that yeah, that's the yeah, that's, that's the place. Yeah. Okay. Which team are you? Are you team Lindsay. I'm on Team Danielle, right? I love Lindsay. Lindsay's great. Lindsay's an icon on the show. But in the fight, I'm on Danielle's side. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Some people know what I'm talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. Some people about. do. Obviously, there's like one or two people in yeah. our audience that know, and they're <laughs> feeling heard. You're saying that the Venn diagram of of Game Brain and and, and it's and pretty thing is small. Like, there's there's we have, four. We have, listen, listen. One of our listeners, Hillary, she go, she straddles both worlds. Shout which out, we Hillary. Love. Shout out to Hillary. She straddles both worlds. We love her for that. But uh, it's hard. It's hard to get that Venn diagram getting closer. So I think for innovative, I think I'm going cat in the box. I, because the moment I, I saw it, I'm just like, oh my god, this is brilliant idea. Mm. You know, and that's that's what I came down to. So that's where I'm at with that. I, I go with deal with the devil. Yeah, which I I don't. 100%. I I like it as a game. Don't love it. Um. And one now the now that the innovation has passed, I find I'm not like totally drawn to play it. Sure, but so cool. Like re, the innovation there is really cool. There 100%. use of tech, love it. All right, let's get to the big ones. <sighs> Game of the year, light category. Um, we're not really the lightest of gamers, so we haven't played too many of these. Um, but I definitely see a couple that are out here that um uh, that I am very very uh, that I would stand for pretty hard. Cat of the Box being one of Cat them. Cat Box is great. Uh, but I think you and I both, I think our hearts. I mean, our hearts know. want what we want because there's one game on here that actually made it onto our top five of the year. I believe both of ours. Both yes. of ours. Ready, yes. set, ready, set, bet. bet. It's great. By the way, I could make an argument for innovative too. For, for, for that game, uh, yeah, I guess you could. Have so, you yeah. a, a, a how many real time betting games do you know? Um, just the actual gambling ones, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> the actual real life, real life betting. You know, well, but yeah. Like, except except that real life betting doesn't have a real time element. It's like it's like you stop. Yeah, you, you gotta, stop betting, and then the dice are rolled. Right. This is betting as the dice are rolling, as it's progressing. Yeah. So I, it could be. I think you could make a pitch for it. I don't think it would win the the, the award, but no, maybe. But you can make an argument for that. I I totally ready set bet is is tremendous. I think it's like it's just a it's a great great game. And I heard by the way, I haven't played Long Shot the Dice game, but I hear that's also very very fun. I've heard that too. You know, um, uh, and then you know, I, uh, what's it called here? Next Station London. I think on BGA I played Next Station New York. If I'm correct, isn't there a Next Station New York and a Next Station I London? So. Yeah, I played Next Station New York on BGA, and I had a great time with it. I'm not a roll and write person, mm-hmm. and um, I really enjoyed it a lot. So I'm sure London's great too. Well, you just you just like London tube games. You're on the underground. You know, it's funny. Just... I'm gonna have something to say about that once we actually get into talking about our games of the week oh, that we played. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's get to the medium game of the year. Mm. Medium game of the year. Uh, Atiwa, Blood on the Clock Tower. Um, let's see what else we got. Heat. We got Lacrimosa. We've got Mosaic. We've got Wonderland's War. We've got a lot of games. It's a good here. category. It is. It's a strong category this year. A lot of good medium weights. Uh, for me, there's no question. For me, Mosaic is the one that blew me away. Um, for me, it's Atiwa, Ottawa. Yeah, 
uh, it's just a great, it's a great game. It's a great game. Yes, it sort of is samey, but like I've said on the podcast before, I believe that this is a game that's going to be like a game of inches. We know sort of what happened, like where it's going to go and how to do it. And like, I think this is a game you play with sort of the same people over and over again. You really Mm -hmm. get to understand it. Um, But it's also a delightful, fun, it's just fun. I played it, I played it last week again. I introduced it to two friends. We had, was I talking about this in the podcast that we played it for like three and a half hours? Um, yes, because it's just because it, yeah we were talking about interaction, but we played it for three and a half hours, not because the game requires that, but because we were so delighted and we kept on talking and joking, and it sort of it creates a really wonderful vibe at the table. It's an amazing afternoon. How, yeah, yeah. What's what's wrong with that? I, awesome. I'm I'm still sad I have not played Lacrimosa yet because I feel like I'm really going to enjoy that Same, one. Same. I really want to do that. Yeah. Well, maybe we can fast track that for this week. We can we can get it to the table this week or something. Done. Yeah, I yeah. don't have it. Do you? I have it. You have it. Okay. I own it. Yeah, I uh, bought Candace's copy. So. I'm in. Yeah. Okay. Great. But I, and by the way, to me, I I keep on doing this. A special shout out to Wonderland's War. I feel like when I say do this, I feel like I'm doing it all the time on the podcast. Yes. It's like this. It was really fun. It's like it's to me. It's one of those really fun B plus games. It's not like an A game, but it it was it was a delight. It was so fun. It was it. it I think it was flawed. Like there's certain things I would maybe want to like. I don't want to say I want to fix, but there's certain things I didn't love about it. But the takeaway was like, God, that was a fun game. Like that's a real, it's like, to me, that's like a sleeper hit of, of the year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good to you know. You get that to the table too. Um, heavy game of the year. We are, oh, we yeah. style ourselves as heavy gamers. Let's see what we got here. This well, is we, a good category. Oh my goodness. We got Carnegie. We have Endless Winter, Palo Americans. We have... Uh, Paleo Americans. We have Great Western Trail, Argentina, John Company, Second Edition, Revive, Toledum, Wayfarers of the South Tigris, Woodcraft, and Weather Machine. Oh boy, yeah, this is this is definitely our bread and butter. I mean, this is the the list that we we played almost everything on this list, right? Almost everything. I I want to play Dead Reckoning. I'm hearing great things about it. Never played it. And Marrakesh, I'm hearing. I've is only a, heard so so things. Oh, okay, okay, for Dead Reckoning. And Marrakesh, I'm hearing, is a great uh, Feld game. Uh, it's just it's extremely expensive right now. But yeah. the news is that um, all those, all the like the Feld City Collection games that cost a hundred dollars each, which is ridiculous. And I bought one of them, and I really enjoy it. I bought Hamburg. Hamburg, yeah. I really enjoy. It. I want to play that some more. Hamburg. It's 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 a delight. But like so I'm like I'm not gonna together the combination, right? I'm I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna pay hundred dollars for. I want I want to play Amsterdam. So I want to get Amsterdam, but I'm not gonna put put out another hundred dollars. But apparently, Queen Games is doing like the deluxe edition, and then they're doing like an essential edition, and then another tier down is like whatever the basic edition is. So like the component quality just is gonna drop. Yeah. So I'm gonna wait. The slob till, the slob edition. I'm gonna I'm waiting for Marrakesh Marrakesh slob edition and Amsterdam slob edition, and then I will explore yeah. those. Or uh, the the Tom the Tom Donnelly edition of <laughs> of the game, it is untreated cardboard. <laughs> yeah, just just basically. Yeah, exactly. It's just it, you have a you make your own toilet paper figurines, and those are the the ones that you put on the board. Yeah, exactly. So uh, what? So where do you go? I think I know which one you're going to choose. Yeah, it, it was my it was my game of the year, and uh, and continues to be so. To let him is, yeah. is absolutely my choice. Super for fun, heavy game of the year. And mine was my game of the year, I believe. Right. Um, was it your number one? Yes, I think it was. I think it was. Carnegie. Carnegie. Yep. I mean, it's easy. Yep. Easy. Easy peasy. Um, uh, party games. We have uh, Blood on the Clock Tower again. We have uh, Ready, Set, Bet. Those are the two. I think we 
you know what we're saying. Ready, set, bet. I'm hearing great things about Feed the Kraken, by the way. I, I've heard, I've heard one, I've only heard one person talk about it, but they said it was really good. Yeah, we should explore that one. But ready, set, bet for me on this one, without a doubt. And uh, let's just one more category. Yes. Um, uh, thematic game, because thematic game is a very interesting category. Mm-hmm. It's another one of those categories that, you know, let's, let's not just give it to the thing. In this category, I think heat has a strong argument to be made, right? It, it is tremendously it thematic and really interesting. Nemesis Lockdown has a strong argument. Very much so. Very much so. John Company, second edition. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, you could make the argument that John Company is only theme. That's right. like virtually the the entire purpose of the game is that um, Maddie has contractually obligated us to mention War of the Ring, the card game. Of course. Uh, which was played, I believe, uh, on game night yesterday. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Well, um, my choice for thematic game, I think, is pr- like to me, it was. It, to me, it was all about the theme. The reason why I enjoyed it was because of the theme. John Company Second Edition. I'm I'm 100. Listen, I have not played Second Edition yet, but yeah. I have First Edition, and knowing everything that I know, it is it, it is the most thematic uh, game yeah. out there. I think that to me is the biggest upside. I don't connect with its mechanics at, or really much of what's going on there, but I I have I had last time I played it, I had more fun. I, I, the fun I get out of that game is coming from the theme and the theme is so strong that I can coast off of the theme, you know, cause the game to me, like, I don't really, I don't really connect with the game itself, but mm-hmm. the, but the theme is wonderful. The theme is fantastic. So, yeah. you know, I love it. I love a good satirical theme. Oh, you know what? I, I said that that was the last category we'd go over, but I'm, I'm seeing that they have a, uh, a best podcast category. Oh, now this might be a little controversial, um, because I know you and I don't like all of the hosts on the podcast, but Game Brain. That's a good one. I got to say, I just think that uh, there are a lot of great podcasts on this list, but it just feels like Game Brain's year, doesn't it? I it feel just, like it is. It, fe- it feels like they've, they've, they've paid their dues. They Look, everyone said they should have won in 2020. Like Everybody <laughs> said that, and and they didn't. It was a shocking upset. Um, then in 2021, it was just kind of a weird year in general and stuff mm. like that. So, you know, the fact that they're they're here again, they're just they just keep plugging at it. I think it might be their year. That yes, but there really are some great podcasts on here. I'm looking at it like I love Blue Peg Pink Peg, and You're I love completely Talk missing Talk the point cardboard. of what I just did. I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, I want, I, I have to give shout this outs is, to our this contemporaries. Is the, this, is, this is the second plug for our podcast. There will be at least one more before this is over. Yeah, we have to do our thing. We have to do our look. All ABC, ABC, always be closing. Okay, always That's be closing. Okay. I mean, I hate all the podcasts. They're I terrible. don't. No, you don't have to do that. <laughs> they're they're great. They are. They're awesome. great. I think 2024 is the year to vote for them. <laughs> but 2023 hard pitch you're the you're the game brand year of the game you're the game brand well thank you so much thank you everyone who was going to consider voting for us we'll put up we'll put up some billboards on on uh on your local street to remind you and uh, mostly sunset boulevard mostly sunset boulevard and paul did say that if we win he's gonna start up an only fans so yes. you know yes. for those who want to see that you know um, entirely knuckles, he said. I'm not all sure. knuckles. I'm a knuckle sure. fetish. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So if that's if that's your thing, man. Yeah. The, the, the community is surprisingly large. I've been told. So go for it. Knuckles. Make knuckles are in. It happen. Yep. Games. Games. What have we been playing? 
Well, the game I'm gonna I played actually I got so, I got some games in this week. The game I um ex- actually last week too, but the game I am excited to talk about first is Terminus, which just mm. wrapped up its Kickstarter. Yes, we talked about this recently because I was saying how it was like decide like am I gonna back it? Am I not gonna back it? I'm looking for my 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 Grail game of. The, the subway game that captures for me all the things I want in a subway game is Terminus, the one to do it. Um, uh, no, it's not, unfortunately. Oh, no. It's not for me. No. Um, yeah. Interesting. Mixed bag, mixed bag uh, with Terminus. I think um, there are some things it does really well. That The rondel that it has in it. For those who don't know, basically in Terminus, it's... First of all, I played a prototype. Who knows what's going to happen between now and publication? Things can change. So, like, take this with an enormous grain of salt. But basically, players are like competing, uh, I guess you could say city developers, civic development, you know, building subway lines in the city. And um, you're building out this map. And as you build out the map, you're also developing the commercial and residential industrial districts around the subway tracks and everything. And the way you execute this all is with is via a rondel, and the rondel that the rondel is so strong. It's a great rondel, mm-hmm. like strong decisions, and it's hard. It's a punishing. It's a punishing game where, like, after the first like few turns, I played with uh, Candace and Jordan. We're all like, "Oh my god, how are we gonna do anything?" You know, like you just feel it. You're like, "Ugh," and and there's an economic quality to the rondel where. You know, when you don't have any resources, yet you go to get resources, and when you buy resources, they become more expensive for the next person. So you're waiting for people to use their resources so that way their 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 numbers go down. So like having to navigate a rondel based off of like when to move based on uh, market conditions is just so good, so so good. But but it was all in service of a um a, a, a of a subway game that felt kind of lackluster to me Mm. pretty lackluster i'll be honest um you're building out subway tracks and it feels like you're building out your subway to satisfy scoring conditions it doesn't feel like you're building out a subway for any usefulness if that makes sense so you know when we talk about any infrastructure game we are usually considering how the infrastructure is used in autobahn we consider like when we make those our highways, we consider how our trucks can navigate those highways to so then start delivering things across those highways. When we do Age of Steam or Railways of the World, when we make our infrastructure, it's so that way we can access things that like our trains can access goods and we can get them. Um, but in this one, it was sort of like you want to have a certain number of subway stops in this region or that region and you'll get 10 points or um, do this. You're just basically doing things to satisfy public goals. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, that's, that just felt flat. It's less, it's less, it's less you're not, meaty. It's you're less not fulfilling. Right? Yeah. You're not moving passengers. There's sort of an abstracted idea of moving passengers that there are these demand tokens. Right. And once you build a stop in one region, you can now claim a demand token, but you're not moving passengers. So you're not getting the, the experience of a living subway ecosystem. You are not delivering things. So, so you're not, you're just not using our infrastructure. You're just sort of building 
there's some cutthroat stuff in terms of like, oh, you took you got into that spot before I could. Right. That was great. That's fine. But I think ultimately this wonderful Rondell is sort of it's it's in service of uh sort of an, what kind of feels like just like an abstract right route drawing thing. Uh, it's very is a real a real bummer for me. So Ben Mandelker's review is hashtag not my subway. Not my subway. And I was really trying hard to think like Ben you know, you have ideas of what sort of subway game you want. And like, can you divorce that from what the subway game is? Cause it's you're, not fair. You're a subway go- game connoisseur. Well, uh, light connoisseur. There are not a lot of those subway games out, but I've been, I've been, True. I've been dabbling in them with, you know, I just played Maglev Metro. Yeah. We have uh, tramways. We have to get to the table. I, I played tramways actually recently, Ooh. which was interest, uh, uh, interesting. I didn't love it. I liked it. I liked it. All right. Didn't love it, but right. even tramways. Did, did you play with the with the official super brutal horrible bidding? Yes. <laughs> I see why Trey had a meltdown. He had a complete meltdown. I, I see why it, it's it's a rough. But even tra- on tramways, though, you're still like your infrastructure matters. Yeah. How you build it matters. Um. But but I was with Terminus. I was really trying hard. To say, like, let's judge the game for what it is, not right. for, like, what I want out of a subway game. Because it's not fair if we say, like, it's not doing all these things. It's like, well, it's, it's not trying to. There are a lot of Tramways fans, just to, not to totally yes. sidetrack. Sidetrack. Mm. Um, but there are a lot of Tramways fans that say, actually, it's a really great game. Just fix the bidding. Just do a, a, a simpler, more traditional bidding system. And the game can really shine that way. So, yeah. I have yet to play it, so I have to play it first oh. the original way, and then the uh, and then with the the change. Oh, you haven't played? Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, it was uh, I I set it up, I taught yes. the game, and uh, we said uh, I don't think this is going to happen tonight. <laughs> no, but I, well, the, my takeaway from Tramways was interesting, cool, but it kind of scratched the same itch for me as a Railways the World or Age of Steam, and I kind of felt like Railways and Age of Steam. Do it better. better. Yeah, okay. You know? That's fair. But it was still cool. Cool stuff in that. Anyway, Terminus, uh, even judging it for what it is, for what it's aspiring to be, it just, um, cool stuff. I would say for people, because there are a lot of people who've been really loving it, try it before you buy it. I would say check it out on a mod if you if there is a TTS mod or if it's on Tabletopia, because it may sing to you. It just didn't, it didn't sing to me at all. But the final board, subway map that we made was cool to look at. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. Cool ideas just didn't quite come together for me. Yeah, uh, we were dark last week, so we uh, we haven't had we have like uh, a couple of weeks of gaming. So. Yeah. Yeah, we have a, actually a lot of games in the hopper to, to discuss. I guess. Yeah. Um. I will say that uh, I had a, got a between last time we recorded and now I got another play of Hegemony in. Great. Uh, we'll, we'll save it. We'll save it for the review because yeah. We're, uh, hey, we didn't, you know, talk, we didn't, we didn't mention, mention that. that. We're going to do an official review of Hegemony. And let's just say, we've been talking a lot about Hegemony. You may feel like, what more do we have to talk about? Well, not that much more, except that we said that we will have a review later, and we kept forestalling this. We're going to tell you, now that we've gotten enough plays under our on, under our belt, and we have a really good sense of it, and Ben got a shipping notice, and his... I might arrived. What? I forgot to mention. Oh! It showed up. I now have my hegemony. Order has been restored in my life. Oh, my goodness, Ben. It has been... I I have to say, in a super evil way, I have had such a fun time. Yeah, just Ooh, it was been roasting a, you. And this week was a roller coaster because there were rumors that they ran out of their games and yep. that we'd have to wait till June. And that it was like a whole thing. 
but I got my copy. Actually, I have to, I haven't actually opened up the box yet, like the the brown box, and I should because earlier this week I bought something from Home Depot. It was something expensive. It was a, a big expensive thing that I bought, and I opened up the box and the bot it was like one of those like a big brown box and then the inside is like the box of what the product is and the product at the inside was different than the product uh, on the outside like they sold me a product oh no they sold me a product that was a f- the wrong product that was inside like it was fraud inside the right box <laughs> it was a, it was like little, like imagine you go to home depot to buy a vacuum cleaner and you open up and ins- you open up the like the hoover box and inside are a bunch of light bulbs like that it was like that it was wow. like a totally I've never seen that happen, but Home Depot, it was fine. They, they're totally like, we're, we're cool. And they, it was fixed. Oh my God. But I'm saying like, yeah, after yeah, that experience, better I better make sure I have a Gemini in my box. Yeah. Make sure it's got all the boards. Make sure you got all the stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Double, yeah. double check. Double yeah. check. Um, yeah. I'm so happy that you got your copy because I'm I was sure. starting to feel really bad because I've been making, <laughs> making constant well, when, jokes. When those rumors came out, yeah. but by, by the way, the rumor, it was, the issue was just that two different parts of their supply chain messed up and so uh basically some add-ons that were then sort of express sent over to america to whatever but the the rumor was basically oh my god if you haven't received your game yet you're part of this elite 10 percent of people who won't be receiving it for a few more months and that is false that is not happening but it was for a moment there keeps and ben keeps just saying but but I was an early bird pledge. <laughs> I was like, I get it. Like as an early bird pledge has nothing to do with distribution. But, 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 but it was, it was rough. And then when that rumor came out, I was like, deep breaths, deep breaths, deep breaths. When that rumor came out, I heard it and I was like, oh, I can't joke about this anymore. <laughs> it's be- like, it's become okay. serious now. Yeah, guys, we can't joke about this for Ben anymore. But it was all good. <laughs> it's all good. At least for me, I should say. Um, yeah, last week uh, we played Darwin's Journey and Stationfall. Matt had his copy of Darwin's Journey. That seemed to go over very well. People who came in, uh, uh, Jordan, Jordan really abused people in Darwin's Journey. Wow. Like in the second round, I came over, looked at the board. I've played the game before. I, I looked at the board and I said, so are you guys just going to start over? Because Jordan's clearly won this, right? And mm. they're like, no, 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 no. No, we, we got this. At the end of the game, he practically lapped people. He, he, he wow. Was, he just absolutely just pantsed them. Uh, and yet every single one of them had a great time. They loved oh, that's it. that's good. They had a great time. I guess uh, I should try that one again because I really didn't like it when we played, played it on TTS. So maybe it was the TTS factor, but I had like such a negative reaction to it. Oh, I didn't have a negative reaction, but I also didn't have a, a hugely positive reaction. I was yes. like, I like this. I don't love this. Um, but once again, pandemic plays you, you, grain you of salt, know. grain of salt for sure. Yeah. Um, it's Simone Luciani, right? It's, it's Nestor. You, you, you probably have, we probably have to give that another one, another try for I sure. I probably do. I, I want to, to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I played station fall with a bunch of people that have never played station fall. Fun. Um, yeah, it's a combination of fun and difficult. It's it's a tough, tough teach. It's like yeah. it's like okay, guys, I'm going to be talking about a whole lot of stuff for a very long time. Please, please, please try to stay with me because once we play the game, I think you're really going to enjoy it. It, it, it is yeah. It, it, it is. It's got such an overhead for what is essentially just a kind of a fun, puzzly moving around experience. Yeah. Um, and I think everybody had a really good time. Everyone really enjoyed that. That's, that's a game that I haven't really had anybody, uh, say they didn't, they didn't like. Mm, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I only played it once. I had a, a great time with it. So I was, I was very happy with it. I, last week I played, um, well, I finished, I finally finished my game of 
the old prints, and that was great. And I've already started up a new one. I'm also playing a game of 1822MX, which is the biggest disaster of all time. Like, it's, it's, uh, we are at the six trains, and I haven't started a major yet. <laughs> which oh no, to the, I, I'm not gonna I, I'm I'm not gonna go down the rabbit hole of what that means. But I have four miners. I have one train. I'm juggling around, and it's just like I'm treading water. Failure to flourish. It's just it's it was what happened was the train rush happened faster than we can imagine. There's a national rail in that game that like swallowed up trains and caused ru- mass rusting and no one was ready oh, for like it. 1856 is the the same thing that's the Canadian rail system can Well, and get, yeah, in this get. case it just like it sucked up trains. It just like did there was I basically had a situation where I was like I was just about to start a major. I had taken a concession. I was not paying attention. Lost my concession because we zoomed into the the five uh the fives which again i know this is like super arcane sounding and i apologize but it was the point is i am hanging on by a thread amazingly i'm in the lead because i invested well in the national rail and i don't know it's it's hard to describe yeah you just had to be there guys but i'm just saying it's a it's a it's a chaotic gameplay which is why i love 18xx because you just sort of never know what wild experience you're going to get with these games it's guadalajara jake you, get, you just got to let it go. Yes. Now, okay. uh, I also played uh, with uh, Jordan. Last week, I played with Jordan and my friend Jenny. We played on Mars, uh, which is great. And also Jordan's uh, fiance, Gigi. We played on Mars. Jordan, of course, killed us. And then um, we also played. He's a shark. I'm not sure we should invite him anymore. Not, 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 not crazy about he really, him. He really, he's, he's good. And then uh, we also played uh, Gentes. 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 Sure. I don't know how to say it. Okay. But it's by Stefan Risthaus, designer of Arkwright, and it's a midweight Euro. It's a great game. It's a great midweight Euro game. Dry as hell, but um, it was really fun to get that to the table. Jordan enjoyed it, I think, more than he was expecting. And uh, for people who are looking for a midweight game, I feel like that's a game that just sort of, it came and went and people didn't pay attention to it. If you see it at like a bargain bin or something like that, get it. It's real fun. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, this week's game night, we had, um, 10 people, I think, uh, game of earth was played. Uh Um, what was the second table playing? Oh gosh, I can't remember what they were playing. Um, but, uh, I was playing with, um, a person that was on the phone for the first 20 minutes of game night. What? In a, no, no, no. In in a, like a work call, like just, Looked bedraggled. Looked oh. like I can't believe I'm still dealing with this. Yeah, um, and it was just horrible. And when he was done, I just looked at him and I said, "How about we play some lighter games this week? Mm. How about that?" And actually, this is something I've been doing. I, I kind of realized that for the last four months or so, I think one game night a month, I have said we're not going to play any one big game. We're going to play a bunch of smaller games. Right, and I love it. I yeah. absolutely, as a palate cleanser, as just it's a... It's great. Or even remember when I was bringing out like Lords of Vegas and Survive. Sometimes yes. it's just like... Yes. Just fun, silly fun. Yeah, we don't always have to, to, to swim in the deep end. Sometimes we can just splash around and have a good time. Um, we we played uh, uh, two runner Canadian games in a row. We played Samurai, mm-hmm. which is just, uh, just a brilliant design. Absolutely brilliant design. Just an amazing chess-like puzzle 
contest game okay. where every – have you ever played Samurai? I've not played Samurai. Oh, my God. Wonderful. First of all, the the old edition that I have has one of the most beautiful presentations. It's a jigsaw puzzle that puts the board together, and the board is the islands of Japan. Mm. Um, and what we're doing is is we're, we're drawing tiles blindly. We each have our own set of tiles. They're all identical. Um, behind our screen, we get to see what the tiles are, and we're placing them out to add influence onto the board to get the most influence to get these, um, I guess they're, they're, they're backlight figurines that represent the authority or the powers that be of each area. So Edo, which was Tokyo, um, has one of each type. So it has a military leader. It has a religious leader. That's the Buddha. It has a farmer leader, you know, agrarian uh, leader. Uh, every other place has either one or two of those things. And you never know which it's going to be. And so when I put down a tile that says three um, Buddhas, that means that everything touching that tile, I am adding three influence toward winning the Buddha that touches it. Mm-hmm. Right, but what if it's touching a Buddha, but it's also touching two of the military leaders? Right, I I'm giving no influence toward taking that over. When a place is entirely surrounded, all of the items that are in that place get adjudicated and get handed out to the various people. Fairly simple, fairly simple game, but very very chess like. And it's the Reiner Knizia Classic, which is at the end of the game. Uh, there are three categories, right? If you have won one of these categories, you move on to the final round. In other words, you you can you are eligible to win the game if you've won at least one category. Right. If you've won two categories, you've won the game. Oh, okay. If you've if you've won none, you're eliminated and cannot right. win. Yeah. Then after that, if there's still multiple people in it, you go by how many of the ones like move aside the ones that you just won. Mm-hmm. How many of the other ones do you have? Huh. So it, it ends up being one of these things where you don't want to just, you want to make sure that you lock up one because mm-hmm. otherwise you can't win. But then it's really about how many of the other, how many other influences have you gotten over the course of the game? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. 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 It's, it's Reiner Kinnitz. Yeah. That's what he does. He's, yeah. He does, he does these great, interesting mathematical scoring systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we played Ra, which is just one yeah. of the all time great uh, uh, bidding games by him. Uh, followed it up with Glory to Rome, which we've been playing a little bit lately. Yeah, had a great time with that until Trey won. Um, you know, did, until Trey won. Did we did we think that Trey won in a bad way, and that that oh. that that you know, men of character would not uh, play that card and win with that card? Wow, perhaps. But what does that mean, though? But I mean, listen, no, it's uh, Mike, uh, who plays this game quite a bit, said. Oh, no, we don't play with that one. We take that one out, we house rule it, because that's too... It's a card in which you can auto-win if you have one of each patron, right? Mm. So all six patrons, if you have that, you auto-win the game. Um, And and so Mike does not play with that. Mike Mike thinks that 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 is too easy to get, and it kind of defeats the whole... Like, everyone is competing for points, Mm -hmm. and then here comes... You play this one card. Now, it's not an easy building to build, so it it takes some doing. But nonetheless, you build that building, and suddenly you have a victory condition that is only for you, and by the time you've built that, you're probably almost already there. He's kind of got a point. Mm. He's kind of got a point. That said, we're mostly making fun. Trey played a very good game. Okay, it was, it was that's a, good. It was, it was a great game. Uh, and then we ended up with Avalon at the uh, at the end of the night. 
Um, there is a definite difference between beginning of the night Avalon and end of the night Avalon. End of the night Avalon is wild and woolly, man. It is. I like it more. I like the wild and woolly av- late night Avalon. It is pretty crazy, uh, and but it, it got to the point where it was. Um, the the wheels came off. Was the, there the, tension? Was there another? Me- we had a meltdown last week, but we had a we had a full on like, and I feel like it's okay to mention because it was funny. Like everything was fine, but like we were playing hegemony last week, and Mike <laughs> Mike had an explosion. But it was like, a, but I mentioned it not to put him on blast because he then was like jolly afterwards. No, and by the way, uh, it, it it was legit. It was it, it was um, another player at the table was harping on something that he had done and just kept doing it for a little too Yeah, by the long. way, I had no idea what the context yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was at yeah. the other table. But like, it was one of those things that's like, game night, you know, but Mike was totally, he was a sweetheart afterwards and he was yeah. like, hey, sorry, no, well, tensions funny, run high. Funny you should say that because the, we didn't have a meltdown, but it, it was basically to the end of the game, but the bad guys were, we were like, are the bad guys going to reveal themselves? Because I think the good guys just won. And Mike's like, I'm done. I'm done. He flips over the assassin that he's the assassin and says, oh, we've lost, but uh, Brian is the is Merlin. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> was he right? No, he was wrong. Oh, he, he, got like, per- he found Percival. Oh, okay. He found Percival. He didn't find, he didn't find Merlin. But by the way, it was who everybody thought was Merlin. Wow. So, which cool. is exactly what you want to do as Percival. So Brian played a very, very, very good game. Wow, very exciting. Well, uh, I got to play two more games this week. Yep. Uh, on Wednesday, I played again with Jordan and my friend Guy. And we, it was like a last minute, like, hey, let's play against Guy. was like, I'm in town. So, so just sort of put together some people. And um, we had a last minute, surprisingly hardcore night of games. First, we started with Zhang Guo. Which is yes, uh, what's your yeah? What's your games games? Um, the designers maybe you can look that up on your laptop. Chinese banking system, yes. No, 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 no. Uh, well, that's part of it, but it's Vic, I think it's uh, Virginia Virginie. I forgot her. I, I forget the couple. They did Railroad Revolution. You'll have you'll yes. pull up the names in a moment. How do you spell Zhangwo? Z H A N G. You can start there. There it is, Zhangwo. Yes. This is a game that, by the way, is getting a re-release by Marco Canetta and Stefania Nicolini. I don't know where I got Virginia from, but yes, those are the people. Um, the This game is going to be getting a re-release by the same people who re-released Iki. And what I'm excited about, first of all, they're actually already adding some sort of new mechanics to it. But I'm excited about it because with Iki, uh, I loved the tweaks they made for Iki, but I ultimately got rid of Iki because I already I had the original Iki, and the original Iki is so charming and beautiful, and I just didn't want to get rid of it, and it's beautiful art. But with Zhangguo, the Zhang, I'm not connected to Zhangguo's art in the same way. It has that sort of, what's your game sort of has this generic art style. So if there if there's a new and but better... Great games, like Madeira. Amazing, amazing games, game, amazing right? games. But if there's a new updated Zhangguo sure. that's like not as dry looking... I'm down. I'm going to get that. I'll get rid of my old one. So anyway, we played that. Hadn't played that in a few years. And um, that game is so good. It's such an interesting, clever game. The uh, the, the the standout mechanic in it is that um, you play a card. And when you play a card, you uh, basically you play a card either to your board or you play a card to the court. And when you play a card to the board, you're, at, you're adding, building at your tableau. When you play a card to the court, all the cards are numbered, and you can take whatever action you want. There's like five or six actions. 
Um, but every card is numbered, and if the card is number, if the card you play is a higher number than the previous one, then with about half the actions, you get to activate a bonus from your tableau or several bonuses from your tableau. Mm-hmm. Um, if the card you play is lower than the one uh, that was previously there, then with certain actions, you also get to activate tab bonuses. And it's really important to get your bonuses. It's because the bonuses are like very essential. Like you, you don't want to play this game where you're not getting your bonuses every turn. So there's this tricky card play where you're trying to like, I want to save this. It's really important for me to save this high value number. So that way I can always make sure to activate my tableau with the the certain action I want to do. But at the same time, this high value number, I want to put in my tableau because it means if I can activate it as a bonus, I'm going to get so many wonderful things. The push and pull is really fantastic in that game sort of a, a forgotten game. I think it will be getting a whole bunch of new, uh, new fans, new fans and new press right. when it comes out again, but like so good. And it was like really exciting. It was really fun to introduce that to Jordan. Guy has played it before. And then we, and then after that, we finished that at around like 10 30 or 11. And then we played Lisboa. <laughs> you started Lisboa at 11. Yeah, actually, no, we finished at 10 and then Jordan had to do like a teach of Lisboa. Cause I hadn't played it. In, I've only played it once. Wow. Years ago. They are both games about rebuilding a civilization that has fallen. They are both that. And on top of that, Lisboa is you play a card either to the court mm. or you play a card to your tableau. So they actually, <laughs> it was totally coincidental how that worked out. And um, the first time I played Lisboa several years ago when it came out, I liked it, but I was totally like, what is going on? I was totally lost. Fairly impenetrable. Yes. It was totally impenetrable. Uh, this time around, Jordan did a magnificent teach that like really allowed me to see the game loop and sort of to kind of just like get right into it. And oh my god, it was so fun! I was so happy to play Lisboa again, and it was also just crazy to play Zhangguo and Lisboa in one night, sort of on a whim, That's starting huge. late. So that was a very fun Wednesday. Oh, I'm sorry I didn't make it. That was uh, that would have been amazing. It was a big night of two heavy games in a row. Holy cow! Yeah. That was my excitement. Oh, well, should we get to it? Sure. Why not? Let's do it. All right. We have been talking about this game for some time now. Ben got his hands on a uh, demo copy. On a prototype. And uh, we played it back when. And uh, it has never been been far from our minds since. No. Now that Ben finally has his copy, we are finally allowed. We are allowed. To give an official review. To give official review. Yeah. So for those who are, again, for the, the scoreboard is... We did actually dedicate a whole episode to a preview. That was me, Paul. Uh, that was Paul Elder and I. And then we did talk about it fairly extensively on a recent episode. But now this is, I guess, our official. Like now that we've played it and everything, and and it's not just me squawking about it because I'm so excited about it. Now we have other, in like other perspectives, lots of other plays. We have the finalized components and game, yada yada yada. Here it is, and we official. played it enough times. Yeah, uh, hegemony uh, leads your class to victory because there are twenty hegemony games on the Geek. Wow! So it's hegemony colon lead your class to victory a twenty twenty three design. The designers are uh, Vangelis uh, Bakiartakis and uh, Varnavis uh, Timotheo. I think I got close on those, but it feels I'm, good. Felt I'm sure good. I didn't nail either of them. Felt good. And uh, Jakub Scoop is the artist. Great. Um, and it is published by uh, Hegemonic Project Games, so they're making their own game. Um, 
Really quickly, in case you haven't listened to any of the many other episodes where we've covered this, uh, it is a very interesting, extraordinarily thematic game in which we are playing one of four classes of society. We can play the working class, the middle class, the capitalists, or the state. And it is a fairly simple game in, in that all we're doing is we are playing a card in order to take either a basic action, of which each of our factions have their own basic action list, or we play the card for what the card says, which invariably is some variation thereof of a slightly boosted combination of effects that are similar to our basic actions. Plus, we can take a certain number of free actions on our turn. And over the time, those are going to add victory points. But the game is highly asymmetric. The working class is concerned with increasing working class conditions and making money and employing workers. Getting the, the wonderful things for themselves, like luxury goods and food, like providing for themselves. The, the capitalist class is concerned with uh, making money and increasing human misery. No, actually, hoarding wealth. They, they Literally hoarding wealth. They don't yeah. get points for misery, unfortunately. But no. uh, other than that, it's a very thematic game. Uh, the state is um, looking to make itself uh, indispensable to everybody, really, mm-hmm. and to be loved by everybody by uh, doling out favors, but, but at the same time, uh, doing so in a way that keeps itself solvent, keeps itself yes. from falling apart. And then the uh, middle class is the most complicated role of, uh, of them in that it has both a capitalistic urge to so uh, so money making is a big thing for it and starting companies is a big thing for it uh, but at the same time it has workers that it has to appease and take care of and uh, mm-hmm. and look after so uh, those are the uh, four different roles uh, the interesting thing about the game I think in terms of its design is how all of the interactions happen in that anything you do is almost is going to be to the benefit of your class but always has ripple effects that affect the other classes. And they can affect them in some ways that are a little butterfly effecty in that you like you don't realize that the fluttering of your of your yes. wing here does this thing, which implies this thing, which means this thing, and and one turn down the road, or maybe later this turn, you realize, oh, that really hurt the state. I didn't realize that was going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? Yeah. So um yeah, the game is it's I think the defining quality of this game, aside from the fact that it's like asymmetric and like a very real world theme, is that you create a very vibrant ecosystem amongst the players. Like that is the thing that's so cool. We should also mention there are like elections in this game, there's production, there's all sorts of stuff that's in there. But um, there, it feels like uh, you are creating this ecosystem. Everything you do has unintended consequences you cannot you can't say oh as the working class class you always want to pass this law you always want this law to be you always want that law to be you always want to sell to this person you always want to do x y or z because every game has a different quality in terms of how those things um have in terms of the consequences of those things you know like it's like oh you you know capitalists really like a law to be in 6a 6a would be like a the um a super nationalist pol- economic policy with high tariffs and high tariffs mean that then the capitalists can generally sell things really high so like oh capitalists really want that but then the downside is that it might motivate other players to do something else that's not really anticipated and so it's all about understanding there are, there the ecosystem are generals. Uh, th- basically for uh, seven different issues 
that the state is concerned with, that the the, the nation has, right? Um, there's going to be what? How do we deal with uh, education? Is education going to be expensive, mid-priced, or is it going to be free? Mm-hmm. Uh, healthcare. How, how is healthcare going to be dealt with? Uh, what what kind of minimum wage? What kind of wage protection do we have for our workers? How do we deal with immigration? And uh, mm-hmm. and all of these are on kind of a A, B, or C uh, scale, so uh, right. floating scale, and. For the most part, um, the capitalists would love everything to be in category C, yeah. and the working class would like to have everything in category A, and the middle class, strangely, can deal fine with any of the above, but probably the the, the sweet spot for them is B, where they're not they're not helping because if they're everything, right, right down if the everything is A, middle class is going to run away with it. If everything is C, capitalists are going to run away with it. So the middle class is, you know, bounce, bouncing on the beach ball and trying to keep it in category mm-hmm. B. And the state, the state just wants to see what everybody else wants because when they propose things that other people like, they get points. They get points for everything they do yes. if other people buy into it. Yeah, and and so it's um it's interesting because like for instance the capitalist player wants taxes to be low, you know, yes. low taxes protect that money, but um the the unintended consequence of that is that if there's low taxes, then the capitalist player very clearly is hoarding wealth, and then they become an enemy at the table, and everyone's going to work against them. You know, so like perception and negotiation, uh, right? There's so much of that. It's all about like advancing your agenda, but also somehow like working with your fellow players to make it seem like your agenda is not necessarily that scary for people. Like everything's okay. Don't worry about me. Like you're actually doing much better than I am. It's about like getting people on your side to say like, I know this looks scary, but the reality is, is that the working class, you know, they are just, you know, amassing so much wealth. You know, it's, it's kind of like all about it's soft skills in many ways. It's a lot of soft skills, which can be, Challenging, like mm-hmm. we we described the, uh, the 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 little blow up we had uh, of playing the game. I think that that this might have this is a game that might be prone to certain blow ups because to some degree, um, there is going to be moments in the game where people are going to be like, "Oh, the capitalists are running away with it. We've got yes. to stop the capitalists." To which the capitalist player is always going to say, "What are you talking about? My engine is yes, I've done fine so far. Look at my engine; it's falling apart." I'm all, you don't need to do anything to stop me. The, the, the natural course of civilization is stopping itself. The one we really have to worry about is blah, blah, blah. Yes. And if, you know, if people don't, you know, read social cues or, or if they're not, you know, careful to balance the level of that, sometimes a person can feel kind of ganged up on or picked on or things like that. that can yeah, I could definitely see that. And there, there can definitely be some rough edges or, or uh, maybe even like feel bad moments. You know, when uh, my most recent play, I was playing as the state. And as the state, I have a card that says um, if there are three uh, proposed, a lot proposed laws out there, because in this game, the way you propose laws is you take an action and you literally put like a little peg on the law chart and say, I want to propose to move this from law 5A to law 5B. And so you put a little peg there. And so if there, and when you do that, you have the option to spend some influence and do an immediate vote. Like, hey, I want this to be 5B and we're going to, we are voting on like cheap healthcare and we're going to do that right now. Mm. If you don't pay the influence, you wait until the end of the round after production, after everything, and then you do this vote. So if there are three proposed 
laws that are waiting for the, the voting phase at the end of the round, the state has a card that says, if that's the case, then um, find, take a law that does not have a proposal on it and adjust that law to either to the left or to the right one spot. So I conveniently did that for taxation. I raised taxes without, ha- I basically was able, it's, right. it's called emergency state. I ra- it was an emergency state. Guys, it was emergency. Sometimes it's going to happen. Listen, everyone was like, "Why don't?" Everyone was proposing laws. There was chaos. Emergency state. I was like, "This is dangerous." Ask not what you what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. So I raised taxes, and when you raise taxes, it hurts the capitalist class the most, but it also can affect the middle class. And Jordan didn't know that that card was in there because it was like. Uh, I think his second time playing it, he hadn't looked through the cards. So he was blindsided by it. And in that moment, he did not seem very happy. He seemed like he, he was almost like, well, I've now lost the game. Like there's, I've good, you know, good, but, uh, but like in in a moment like that, (laughs) that's how you, that's how it feels. Get him. That's like, get him. But like, but you know, that can like hit people. Like people may not enjoy those moments where there's like, I didn't know that card was in there, you know? Yeah. But, um, but that's, but that's, then that's every early, deck, that, every, those are early days problems, right? That's what I feel like too. I feel like every deck actually has a gotcha card, not a gotcha card, but a, wow, this is a really strong thing I can do. Like, and by when, the way, and, and it's not, it's not like there's any card that is like always that way, but the right card in the right moment. And that that's right. Because that card that I played, you know, I had to wait for a specific situation and then I was able to use it perfectly but like the capitalist player has a card that really screws over the state, which is like force the state to buy a whole bunch of stuff from the capitalists. And, yeah. and that just can drain the state treasury. Those the cards middle class has a couple of those. Too, yeah, yeah. Those cards, the first time you encounter them, it's like, Oh damn. But if you're someone who cares about that, I personally don't, I'm like, Oh wow. That's kind of like a funny twist. But some people really are like, I want to have all the perfect information. Like I don't, it's not fair. Cause I didn't know. So yeah. my recommendation is, if you're one of those people... Yeah, don't look play this through with the, Jordan. <laughs> well, no, look through the cards. Understand what the cards can do. Yeah. Um, beca- yeah. Because, you know, that way you can avoid yourself some some grief. Yeah. So, so the card play is is interesting in that when you get your hand of cards, you start with a hand of seven cards each round, and you're going to play five of those cards. You're going to take five actions. Think brass in the sense that... Only sometimes is the card you're playing going to have relevance, right? Mm-hmm. In brass, half of the time, like when I'm when I'm um, when I'm at, uh, taking a loan or when I'm building rail or any of that sort of stuff, the card I play doesn't matter. I just have to discard a card in order to do that action. A lot of times, you're going to in in this time less often, but often enough, you'll be playing a card simply to take one of your basic actions, like I want to propose a vote on something. Mm-hmm. Or I want to move my employees into a different business or to employ them or things like that is going to happen a lot. Um, but the cards themselves um, oftentimes have not just – they have requirements. Mm-hmm. So the laws have to be in a certain uh, configuration. Right? Like, for instance, uh, minimum wage cannot be too low or I cannot play this card that right. is that is a worker – worker bonus situation, mm-hmm. right? I can't play that if the minimum wage is way down at the bottom. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is, is that some of these cards have a little thing at the bottom that say, hey, guess what? When you do this, the state benefits. 
the state right. is going to get get all these uh, the, these affinities. That in a four player game, because in a in a three player game, there's no one playing the state. But in a four right. player game, you get that. And I'm, as, not, I'm not sure I want to play this game with less than four. You know, there are some people who are making the case online that three is the best case, uh, best situation okay. because they there are people who don't love playing as the state, and they find that three is like it's a little bit faster game, and you get all the same feeling that you would get playing if someone was a state player i don't personally agree with that let yeah so so when we get into the criticisms of the game because there are there i have a few yeah i have a few now um we can we can get into that because i think that's an interesting topic that that's Mm -hmm. worth considering are in an asymmetric game there is all there are there are many many hazards to an asymmetric game yes it is a much harder design goal uh to have a highly asymmetric game because a how is balance? Yeah, are they are are they balanced? It's super hard to balance. The more asymmetric the game is, the harder it is to balance everything. B, are all the roles equally engaging? Are they mm. all the roles equally fun? So these right. are all questions, and we'll we'll, we'll talk we'll get about into that because I think that's interesting. But um, uh, yeah, but the card play is good, and you know, so one thing is that we mentioned before is that when we first previewed this game, you played six cards. Six out of your seven cards. And now as you play five out of the seven, they've adjusted the cards, they've tweaked them to sort of make them more potent. So the even cards are a little bit better than they were in the in the, they in are, the test version. Because it used, you know, now it's like, okay, so we don't have as many actions, so the cards themselves have to be more provide some more ability, have to just be stronger, do more. And uh, it, for me, what it did, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, I, I was just gonna say that Go like, I and I it, it was an interesting tr- inter- on the downside, you don't get to play as many cards, and it's fun to play the cards. On the upside, it really makes it much tighter because now you, since you only get to play five, you only have five actions. Like it's, you really have to think about like what are the five things I'm going to do. Yeah, and and for me, when we played the prototype, I felt a lot of the time like whether I took a basic action or took the action that's on the card didn't matter that much there wasn't a huge gulf between them mm. now that the cards are a little bit better it's one of those things like well i don't have any cards in my seven that are going to do these two things i need to do so for those other three actions i get this round i want to make sure that i pick three cards that have yes. great actions that are really amazing and some of them sometimes are oh the uh, tariffs can't be uh, super high or I can't play this card. Right. I might have to change the tariff situation before this happens just so I can play this card. And and, and there's I, – I just found the card play to be a lot richer than I did it, the prototype. It, it was actually a really good change. And also it did speed it up a little bit in yep. the sense that this was a game – I would previously say you kind of have to like start it in the it's like an afternoon Saturday afternoon game and now we played it started it like seven ish and done by midnight still a long game but doable in an including evening. a teach including a teach is doable like you can do it now in an evening which is actually super important because I think a lot of people were turned off by the idea that like you have to kind of like block out an entire like day for it and you don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, we call those people casuals. Yeah. Ooh, casuals. Casuals. Um, so I really like the the tweaks to uh to the cards. I like um there was an adjustment to the state benefits that you know the state can uh, provide benefits to classes and now it's a free action to get mm-hmm. your benefits uh which I think has been I think all the tweaks have been good. All the tweaks have been good. 
the I think they play tested it the way they should play test it with, mm-hmm. with a lot of plays, with a lot of monkeys banging on a lot of typewriters, and yeah. figuring out what to change. And honestly, something that I find to be very delightful is going into uh, BGG and going into the forums and l- watching people asking strategy questions. Like, they're almost like, "How is it possible to beat this? What about this situation?" And there, there are certain players who have played this a lot and they weigh in and seeing their perspective on things like, well, actually you may think this is the smart thing to do, but if you do this, then this could happen. If you do this, this can happen. It just sort of shows how rich the gameplay is that the decision tree can go down so many paths. Someone asked about demonstrations uh, because the, um, the working class can put on a demonstration. Yeah. If, If there's not enough jobs for the working class, too many unemployed people, they can have a demonstration to demand jobs. And someone said, uh, does the state is the state required to create jobs because the state can't totally control how many new businesses it opens it's it's tied into policy and the answer is yes the state can but like and maybe that's like is is it fair for the state to be penalized if it doesn't open up enough jobs and the answer is yes it can but they can be good for this or that or whatever and I'm just just reading the responses of like what could happen in just that situ- situation I was like wow this game is so rich with gameplay and possibilities. Yeah, the the interrelatedness of all of the interlocking mechanisms in the game, uh, from the goals and the strange bedfellows of the four different factions Mm -hmm. to the effects of the changes of policy over those seven issues that define uh, the way your government is is set up, um, to little things like just the the base economics of the board in the game, how many businesses are around, how many workers are available to fill those businesses. Are those workers mostly middle-class workers or are they mostly uh, working-class workers? Mm-hmm. Um, how, uh, what, is, what are wages set at? What is the, what, what is the minimum wage currently? Mm-hmm. Who is offering more than the minimum wage in their companies? Right. It's, it's uh, fascinating yeah, and yeah, the fact that it's like a, I feel like a very seamless political and economic game. Yeah. You know, that it's uh, like when the game is being played at full throttle, players are really paying attention. They're like, they are, um, they're battling over, some players are battling over wages in terms of how much they're willing to pay. Mm-hmm. And some players are battling over um, like where they're willing to work. Like when you see people saying like, well, I think I need to move out of this capitalist company because your wages are not competitive enough. So I might go to the, I might go to the state or I might go to middle class and you see, and you see people um, adjusting how much they're willing to pay workers, or maybe they're also adjusting how much they're going to sell their goods for. When you start getting all this economic thing going on in the game it's really just like alive and then you add on the fact that there's a whole political element where we're coming together creating coalitions to vote for certain policies it's like it, it feels like a little society you've you've created it uh, totally totally does i mean there there are so many things to recommend the game but i think we should talk about the things that we have discovered that are maybe not quite as good as we wanted them to be sure um first let's talk about component quality All okay right. the cards are not good yeah, they're, they're not they're not amazing. I didn't personally have a problem with them, but yeah, they're not the most amazing cards. They are not going to wear well. Mm. Uh, I am I am a hardcore anti sleever. I might sleeve this game. They're thin. They are thin, and and they're the and the paper is kind of raw. It's like there's it's no, there's paper. no coat on it. Yeah, I think it's like a matte finish, but it's like and, really matte. And the, and the paper, <laughs> yeah, and it feels more papery. It feels less spendy, less less durable than mm-hmm. than a lot of other things. So. 
One one crazy about uh, about and the that. money. The money is crappy. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I mean, I, normally I don't really care too much about monies, but <laughs> this money is just it's just like oddly simplistic and silly looking. When you when you have circles for the lower denominations and squares for the higher, you know, <laughs> rectangles for the highest denominations, I get it, but that impacts play. You know, yeah. that, that's that's a, that's a, that's a problem for for play. It's not it's not the greatest. Yeah. Um so, you know, there there's some production things that uh-huh. it, it could be listen, these people did it themselves. They basically I, produced it yeah. produced it themselves and Applause, applause, applause. You guys knocked it out of the park in terms of game design. In terms actually, of actually a lot of the components are very good. Yeah. I would say actually though, the the one that does irk me is that there is a and this there this still is more in the realm of quibble. We what I do love is that we all have like two player aids. We have a small player aid that's kind of like just a basic overview. And then we actually have a large player aid that's like, okay, if you really want to know the real details of how you, like how to do that demonstration action, it's here. I love that. But there's only one small player aid for um, like how the whole flow of the round goes. And it's the same color as the middle class player aid. So it just, it's like, it's, it's, it's like, wrong, why do they, yeah. <laughs> why did you do yellow for that one? Why? And why do we not all have that? And why does it not have the rules for um, the refill of ba- of your election bag, et cetera? What scores for each per player could be much more highlighted and much clearer. Yeah. So there are some things. Yeah. Minor. There's some things. Not they're, a big they're deal. Not, they're not, they're not big deals, but they're also not, Noted, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're. I would call them small friction points mm. that uh, that that do impact you. Um, the next thing is, are the four factions balanced? And let's talk about that from two terms. Let's talk about that one in terms of does everybody have a fair shot in the game? But more importantly, uh, is everybody having as much fun as everybody else? Mm. That that is the bigger question for me. Um, as you mentioned on Board Game Geek, there are a bunch of threads where people are like, uh, "How how is it possible to win as blank?" Mm-hmm. or "How does anyone stop blank from winning the game?" The problem is, or the good thing about the game is that you go on those threads and you can see that for almost every faction, right? Yes. The the group think is is like, "How on earth can anyone beat the state?" And then right under it is like, I can't figure out how to win as the state. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, which I think is a, I think that's really good. I think that's a good sign. Um, I, I tend to, th- I feel, I've seen, I think every faction win this game. So I feel like it's, it's pretty well balanced. It's just that when, whenever anyone wins, it always feels like it's so unjust and that like someone, like it was out of balance. It always feels that way because, I don't know why, but some for some reason with this game, it just feels that way. Like, oh, you you won because you you you're you're, you're just yours is better, you know. But like, yeah. I've seen them all win. So the other point, though, I think is the more interesting one: the fun balance. The fun. That's an interesting balance. one. I feel, and listen, we haven't played so many times that we can say anything with with complete authority. But I feel like the capitalist ha- plays a simpler game than everybody else does. I agree. The capitalist is playing a game in which it's just make money. Mm-hmm. Just now, you have to do a lot of things to do that. 
and yes. you have to you have to you, there there is still plenty of work to be done but to some degree you are playing you can get the sense as the capitalist player that i am playing a game that has two dimensions less than everybody else does yes and no yeah yes uh i think if the capitalist player is sort of un bothered untouched i think that can happen where you sort of the capitalist player will usually there's business deals the capitalist player will usually buy a business deal and then for one action next action sell stuff etc and i think that might feel a little rude you know after a while additionally we had a situation in a game where paul was the capitalist player and it was the final round and paul could literally calculate out the seal his point ceiling yeah like he could see how many points he could get from his board because and then he knew based on that exactly how many points he could get there's a question mark in terms of end game scoring yeah but he i i i don't love that i don't love that you could as a capitalist theoretically say Your game like, is over before it's over you could sort yeah. of see that that's like not a, necessarily a fun thing yeah um but the reason why i said yes and no is because uh, in that game with Paul, I made a conscious decision to to futz with the uh, the business policy, which is six. It's and that's you can either raise tariffs, lower tariffs, but you can change the number of business deals. And I decided I moved the policy to a place where you take out the business deals, mm. and that's actually supposed to be good for the capitalists because tariffs are high, and when tariffs are high, the capitalists can pay can spend can charge can raise can raise rates but what it did was it kind of like said it sort of said to paul like you don't get to play with the business deals anymore and now like it somehow it like affected him and it felt like his decisions and he said i hope i think he said this that his decision space really changed because of that and i and, and like he had to play a different economic game. He basically couldn't do his own solo thing of buying the business deal and selling it. He had to deal with the other players and try to get people to buy his stuff. Right. And um, I think that opened up the decision space. And so I think that that policy, that business policy tends to get overlooked. And I think it's actually a very important one. And um, that's where the capitalist player can wind up having a richer experience. Right. But the capitalist player is also not incentivized to change that policy. Right. So, okay. Um, I'll also say that having played the state, I feel like the state can sometimes fall into that same category of the capitalist player, which is that you are playing a game that is kind of divorced from the other three players at the table to a large degree, and your actions can start to feel samey over time. It's like, okay, I'm going to get more money into my coffers and then I'm going to spend that money to give you goodies and you goodies so that I get a little more so that you guys like me better. And there, there can be, there could be a certain sameness and a certain simplicity to the state play that might not be as rewarding as some of the other positions. A lot of people have said that I get that. Uh, I personally don't feel that way. I have a lot of fun playing the state. I've played it twice in a row uh, recently and um, you don't, you're right. You, you know don't know that I've played the state. <laughs> I feel your pain. I feel your pain. I I mean, um, you you have fewer actions, right? Like you do barely have any free actions that are worthwhile. Um, but I found that the state was really fun in the uh the, the social aspect of it. I think it's really fun to sort of curry favor with everyone at the table. Um yeah. I, I, I felt but very engaged. To some degree, though, that is you making your own fun as opposed mm -hmm. to the game providing it, even though the, the nature of the game has a lot of metagame to it. 
Yeah. I mean, I think there still are some tricky decisions about like how you want to deal with events, et cetera. Um, but uh, yeah, you may be right. But I personally think that there's a lot of fun to be had with the state. Um, I think it all depends on what you're looking for in terms of your gameplay experience. Okay. Yeah, and then on the other side of the coin, I think uh, uh, expert mode is the middle class. I think the middle class have the richest game experience mm-hmm. uh, because they have the most different ways they can play. They really do have a tremendous amount of variety to play. They have a, it is a hard game to yeah. to master, but they probably also have the highest point ceiling in terms of uh, of their their potential score. Right. I mean, the, the challenge of the middle class is that it is rich, but you can. There's actually so many different things that you can do that yeah. it's all about editing and deciding which path you're going to go down. Uh, which is all to say that one could look at this game if one is looking uncharitably. One could look at this game as being this game is designed. The entire game is designed for the middle class player, and every other player plays portions of the game. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, um, which I think that's very uncharitable. I think it is. I think it is. I think it's too much to to say that. But I do think that the that possibly with more plays, once everyone has played everything and stuff like that, I think that I might be a little a little more bummed than I would otherwise be to be playing the state or the capitalist as opposed to the working class. Or I mean, especially I think the the working class, the designers say, is designed to be like it can do like it can do the what. What the the middle class can do, what the working class does, and it can do what the capitalist class does, but it can it can it does both those things worse. Worse, yeah. And so I feel like that's I think that's like a cool balance to it. Um, I think the working class is fun is really fun to play. I think yeah, the capitalist is is a little bit still like the thinnest. Even though I had that whole spiel about how if you change the law, the capitalist gameplay really opens up. But again, it's not the capitalist is not necessarily inspired to change a lot, but maybe it is because you raise tariffs. That's good for the capitalist class. But I think that there's just, I guess what I'm saying is that there is a richer gameplay experience there for the capitalist. I just don't, I think it's just, it's very easy to play a simple thing. Yeah. And so therefore it will feel not as rich. That could be, I, I guess for me, where I'm at with this game is I can't decide whether or not this game is an all time classic design because it's close. Mm-hmm. Um, or is this a game that has a really brilliant design, but is just not going to be one of those perennials that we, that, that we bring out a lot because of these little things, right? Mm-hmm. Because, because, you know, two people are playing a better game than the other two people. Right. And, and mm-hmm. I'm not, I mean, that's sure a pretty good, that. that's a pretty good problem for this game. Is it like so amazing? It becomes like an all time classic, or is it just like so amazing and it's just merely so amazing, right? I think. Uh, yeah, I think that for me, the, that's why I'm framing it that way. Yeah, because I because I don't. Uh, I want to bring up these things because I do think that they're legitimate concerns. But at the same time, it's coming from a perspective of I'm really trying to judge this game with a with a harsh eye because I think it is close to being well, truly exceptional. Well, when we played last week, I don't know if you. I, I think you were still here, but like we finished. We put it, we, we packed it up and then we sat and we talked for about half an hour about the game and we talked about like, well, what this could have been different or that, this is my experience that like we could not stop talking. Yes. And I think that is such a, that, that is a key thing. Cause I think the game weaves lots of interesting narratives. It's like one game is a game where there's not a lot of working class people. So there's like, uh, you know, 
workers are at a premium and one game there's like workers everywhere so like good good wages are at a premium uh it's a story of a state that is very beneficial it's a story of a state that is just getting torn apart by all the other classes there's just all these different stories and there's so many levers to pull that create different experiences and i think it creates such a dynamic and fascinating and interesting and oftentimes very funny social experience especially the voting we haven't talked about the voting controversial that, pulling that was, of the cubes it was the la- it was the last negative point that i wanted to bring okay up. please yeah bring that up um so my favorite game of all time is famously democker democker a game all about voting um handles voting in a very different way um in that in democker what you're doing is you can know how many votes you're going to get because you're literally choosing when you're cashing in your your votes the thing is, is that votes are based on four different variables that are constantly shifting and being shifted by the other players. So you are trying to keep all of these balls juggling in the air so that you can get the votes. In this game, it is more put to randomness. You have a certain number of cubes in a bag. Three of the four players do. The state doesn't have any state of the bag. It just has influence. Um, but, and, and then those, and you can take actions to add more of your cubes to the bag. You have card play that will remove other people's the cubes from the bag or add even more of your cubes to the bag, all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, when each vote comes up, we are now voting to see whether or not we're going to um, expand the government, right, and make the, make the government bigger. Um, are you, whoever proposed this, is definitely for this change. Everyone else has to either weigh in, I'm going to be for it or against it, and then we're going to draw just five cubes out of the bag. And whatever those five cubes are, that is the main part of the vote. So if it ends up being three for this change and two against this change, this change is going to pass, except that we have these influence cubes, these purple cubes, that we get to put in the hand in a blind bidding form and turn our hand up, and those are added to our perspective sides and, and totals. Works. It works. I I'm enjoy not saying it. it. I personally enjoy it. It doesn't yeah. work. There are a few problems with it because, first of all, um, Up, wait, upside is that it's very theatrical and fun. There's like a definitely a moment of like you're pulling cubes out, like oh, or like it's funny, like yes. oh my god, you're voting against your interests. What are you doing? You know, that's the upside. Yes, downside is that you can just get hosed. With you can the bag get you hosed, can get, and you can especially get hosed. Not so much in the in the way that any one particular vote can go, but let's suppose. Because we do issue number one first, and then issue number two, and then issue number three, and then issue number four. Let's suppose issue number seven, immigration, is the one that you care about the most. Yeah. You are almost in a situation where I have no idea what cubes are going to be left in the bag by the time we get down to seven. And it becomes really, really random. Now, there are things in the game that can mitigate this. For instance... You can, when you propose a change to that immigration law, you can spend an influence cube right then and force the vote to happen immediately. In which case, all of a sudden, you know what the makeup of yeah. the cubes in the bag are, and you can do that sort of thing. But it is one of those things where the lower down those uh, those issues are, the more you have to take these kind of extraordinary measures in order to have some sort of control over the vote. I, I feel like the the voting gets... It gets a little rando and a little loosey goosey for my for for, for yeah. my liking, and you end up because you're forced to take a side on these votes. What you end up doing is, if the vote goes your way, 
all of the cubes that were yours that came out of the bag don't go back into the bag. And so you can literally be wasting your cubes in the bag, wasting the votes of your block Mm -hmm. on things that you don't really care about. Because you could be in a situation where you don't want to vote against a law because you want the law to pass. We don't really care that much. Like you don't care. You, if it, if it, fails that's bad for you but you care more about a law later on and you burn through your cubes because they're the ones that came up so that that is definitely a frustration but it doesn't i have not been bothered by it personally it has worked for me i found it entertaining and i feel like in those moments where the cube draw has has been the randomness has worked against me i have felt oddly enough like it's so thematic you know like how often do campaigns pour so much money into something and it just does not work. So, like the themat for some, the theme actually gets me across that. But I would, I respect if it doesn't for other people. I fully respect that. My other counter, though, is that I th- influence as a resource in this game, I think, is way more important than people realize. Yeah, um, and this, that can, and that is the way that you can put that, your thumb that on is, the scales for the thing that's important to you. And that is a big counter. And you know, the state generally produces a lot of um, in, uh, influence that people don't buy. And actually, well, it's the, fifteen bucks per. Come it is. On. It is. Come it on. is expensive, but it's, it's ridiculous. But, but still, I mean, it's still there. <laughs> it's still there. Um, and but also, people can buy other. Actually, other people can, can generate. Like ways, the yes. capitalists can 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 produce. Middle classes. Everyone can produce it. And I just find that people focus on buying what they need. And the game I played most recently, Trey actually went and bought a whole bunch of influence from the state, which actually kept the state alive, kept the state from going into like defaulting, going to IMF. So he actually saved me, which other players later on were like, Trey, why did you save Ben? But it was smart because he actually bought himself so much influence. And I was like, he's actually playing, he's taking advantage of something that people forget about. I'm not saying like the criticisms of the voting are totally invalid because there's influence there. But what I am saying though, is that people should pay attention to influence more because that is the thing that can really give you a lot more control of those votes, but not full control. No, not full control. I'm just saying that, that, being, it would being be, a voting game aficionado, yeah. I, I I think that it was done better in, in other games, and, and it, this it, way is a li- it's a it little feels more, like there should be a slightly more sophisticated. Correct, it's a little more thing. random than the rest of the game seems to. I want agree. It to be. It's like it feels totally like a little a little strange, and I I think that maybe they were like. There's so much teaching that goes on with the rest of the game. We want to keep this simple, but then there's also a part of me that's like, well, there's already so much teaching, so just add some more to it. Like, it's not you know we're already in for the the crazy long teach. Yeah, yeah. So final thoughts. Where where are you at? I mean, everyone who listens to this podcast knows I love this game. I think it's. I can't imagine another game coming out this year that's going to be better than this one. I think that this is a special game. I think this is a truly wonderful game. Quibbles and all. Issues with voting and all, issues with card play. Maybe the capitalist player is like, maybe the, the 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 strategic choices are not as deep. Maybe they are. Maybe the state has not as many actions, but maybe the social actions are really strong. Who knows? I think that overall, the the sum is greater than the parts, and the parts I think are pretty good. I think that the, it's just the social component, the way it is so strong, the way you seamlessly step into your role is amazing. Um, I uh, some by the way, some people have retroactive negative for some people. Some people have said it it doesn't make sense sometimes thematically when you might like just go after the capitalist class just so they don't win. But like normally in real life, you wouldn't go after the capitalist class for something or another. 
And I actually counter uh, that. Beg your pardon? Well, you know what I'm saying? That, like, I mean, currently we're not going after the capitalist class, and we but, probably should. But but like, you know, like sometimes it's like, oh, I wanna I wanna pass this law not because I want the law, but because it's gonna hurt another class. Like like yeah. like like I like that can feel that's more like board gamey than it is real life theming. But I would I would argue that it's all about saying it's not about hurting the other class. It's about amplifying your own voice in the game. And by passing a law, it's going to amplify like me as a working class. So that's my, that's my thematic workaround gotcha. for a situation like that. Anyway, the narratives are one the, the, the fact that it can put you into these roles where you're really thinking about what this class needs. You do Paul always calls it an empathy machine. I think it's totally true. I think it's, it's a wildly fascinating game. I think it's doing things that no other game is doing. I think it's a, a, a the most successful version of an asymmetric game that 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 to me this is the the most successful version of that. Like where I feel like you step into these roles, they make sense. They it's it makes sense how they work together. The ecosystem makes sense. It's not not creating a whole bunch of rules overhead to make them all integrate. I think it's a wild success. I think it's it's it's. I think it's a phenomenal game. I think it's one that we're going to be talking about for a long time. Um, and for me, yeah. So first things first, uh, a game with this theme and the way it plays out, I feel like every time I play this game, I feel clearer-headed about the various levers and workings of our country and our government. Yes. I feel like I, I have a better understanding of the interrelatedness of everything working in this system and the various people all just trying to to do well by for their concerns and their needs. Um, I like that very much. Mm-hmm. My son, Aiden, serious game brain. When he comes here, he he likes he likes everything. He's he loves games. Period. Yeah. He loves. He did. His his Jeremy. eyes lit up. He uh adores it as i told you my nickname for him is trotsky uh he's a political science major at uh uc santa cruz and uh yeah he plays the he plays the working class or he played the one time he's played Mm -hmm. the game he's played the working class and he played it really well yeah (laughs) he was striking he was demonstrating he was like uh he was very uh yeah I, i felt like the guillotine was about to come out he was uh, he, he he absolutely loved it, and I love that. I love the fact that you talk a long time after this game. I love that during the game, like I'm like, oh, this is really really interesting. I do wonder if I'm going to be playing this game in three years, and there's really two only two reasons. Uh, reason number one is length. Mm-hmm. It is a, just a smidge long for the for 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 our game nights. In terms of if anybody needs to teach, it's almost like we can't play at a game night because mm. uh, the teach is considerable. There's yeah. a lot. There's a lot to know in order to in order to play the game. Uh, and then the other thing is just these uh, these other little rub points. These other little um, is is everybody having as yeah. good a time as ever, as everybody else is a legitimate question for what is a very thoughtful and very interesting design. That said, the game comes with expansions in it. Mm-hmm. It comes with a lot of extra additional things. There are additional events cards yeah. that are added. There's historical events cards in which you can play this game during the French Revolution. You can play mm-hmm. it during various periods. I think that's fascinating. I think there's a lot of room for expansion with this where like I can see them really playing with the state. Like what type of government are you? There's no the government's abstract here, but like are we totalitarian? Are we this? Are we that? Like there's a lot of room there. I can see them probably if, if there's like a, if there's an outcry about the capitalist class, I can see them boosting that. I can see them 
adjusting the voting system with expansions. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of upside here. I also want to say, by the way, a two player, mm-hmm. uh, we, player count. Um, we talked about four player versus three player. I just want to say for two player, I don't think two player is the ideal player count, but you can still have a very fun experience with two player. And the game also has automas to sort of like fill out the the player it's count. Capitalist versus uh, working class, correct? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, 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 strangely, the game that this is closest to me in terms of feel is Crisis. Another fan of and another. Game I agree. That you and I are huge it, fans of. Yeah, I think they are great. Um, we've said like. Hegemony feels like the nation in like its peak, and Crisis is now like what happens after Hegemony. Yeah, I, I think virtually every game of Hegemony, the way we leave the state is how we go into- exactly where we start with with Crisis. Mm-hmm. Like because we've we've never, I don't think we've ever left a game of Hegemony where I think like, oh, I think this is all functioning wonderfully and harmoni- yeah. harmoniously. <laughs> this nation's set; it's going to go on for many years. Yeah. Uh, strangely enough, it feels the most balanced if the middle class wins. Like I feel like the the, mm-hmm. the 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 look of the situation on the board looks like. Oh, you know what? I think this is a functional society when yeah. the middle when the middle class wins. When the capitalist wins, I'm like, oh, this is a hellscape. No, this is awful. <laughs> uh, when when the working class wins, I'm like, oh, I'm 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 terrified. I like. Do I need papers to leave? What's the situation here? It's like it, it's very interesting how that all that all works and and yeah before you yeah before the the letter writing campaign by the way there's a discord channel called thomas uh, thomas always wrong uh <laughs> you can you put all of your all of your comments in in there for that um huge fan of the working class where uh i should mention maddie and i are very likely going to be picketing starting on uh that's right you guys are both tuesday you, you guys i'm actually we're all on we're on the i'm i'm posts I'm post member in the writers Writers guild, Guild, but like we're all guild people. I'm actually in SAG too, oddly enough. So I'm in two guilds. I'm a guild person myself. Um, Maddie and I are both in two guilds as well. We're also in the animation guild because we've written for animated product projects. I didn't even know there was an animation guild. Yes. Animators guild guild for everything except for, um, choreographers. Yeah. So, um, if it's okay, I'm going to take a minute to talk about that. Sure. We, we've we've said we've said our review. Our, our review. Our Love review. It. Love is, the game. Love the narratives. Is most likely the game of the year for Ben and for me. It very well could be that as well. I do. I do have a tiny um, little tingle uh, tingle in the back of my neck. The hairs are raising just a little bit, saying maybe this won't stand the test of time, but. I think most of that reaction is because it is such a different game and such a different design that I always worry a little bit is is are, are the flaws only beginning to come or, to right or is is the play of it people people also may turn to hegemony for an experience more than like this will be a really fun game to play I can see people having that in which case it's like not going to be necessarily a game that comes out of game night every week, but it might be something like we should try a Gemini. Let's see what happens. Cause it's, it sort of does feel almost like a social game more than a board game, but it's, yeah. it's a full on Euro game. Yeah. Um, and listen, so as far as the writer strike goes, um, many, and I may be on strike starting next week. I, I think actually there's a, a few others of us that are also in the writer's guild, uh, in, including Ben, uh, writer's guild emeritus. Uh, emeritus. Yes. Um, so the situation, you will hear a lot. You will almost always hear a lot from the people that have the money who, who uh, try their best to uh, dictate what we what we all think about this. Uh, essentially, Maddie and I have been in a strike previously back in uh, 2007. 
And it was the, basically the same thing. Back then, it, uh, a lot of it was there were cable channels and there was Fox uh, that uh, years before that had negotiated a deal with the Writers Guild saying, hey, f- we're, we're Fox. We're trying to be a fourth network. We're not a fourth network yet. We have barely anything on the air. We can't afford to pay what NBC and ABC and CBS are paying. We need to negotiate a lower rate. And then years go by and the Writers Guild are like, hey, you're doing great now. Now it's time to pay what you should be paying these writers. Creators, right, artists, whether they be writers, directors, set designers, any of that sort of stuff, we deserve to be paid well for our labors. We work very, very hard, and we're the ones who are actually creating this content and putting it out there for you. Um, We deserve to be compensated for that. And now that you are making so much more money, um, that deal that we gave you no longer serves. And uh, in those times, a lot of these companies tend to, you know, be the capitalist player and be like, oh, I don't remember saying anything about that. No, I think we're good right now. I think this situation is the way it should be. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, the, the the Writers Guild is is not quite the working class. We're going to be striking like the working class, but we're a little more a middle class. But nonetheless, we are not getting our fair share of the pie anymore. And now with streaming, the exact same thing is happening all over again. Uh, there are the deals that have been made for streaming. Um, the amount of money that uh, these companies are pulling in uh, is exceptional. Look at their stock prices. Mm -hmm. Look at how the stock has been going over the years. They are making money hand over fist, and they are paying out the smallest smidgen of what uh, they, of what uh, these uh, legacy companies, these older companies pay out Mm -hmm. because the, because we have given them deals, essentially. We've made agreements in order to allow them to flourish. We've taken a lower percentage in order to let them um, basically become the companies that they now are. And we just want we just want a fair share of the massive profits that our work, our labor is producing. Mm-hmm. And if, uh, if in any way you guys can support that, we appreciate it. I appreciate just listening to, uh, to us be able to talk about that and let you know what is going on here? Uh, we are largely we're largely people that have uh, families and, and growing families, and we just want our families to thrive. We want to to be able to uh, to continue to have good health care, which the guild uh, does provide. We want to be able to continue that. We want to be able to continue uh, paying pensions to writers. Uh, pension is something that is rapidly disappearing in America and much to our detriment. So thank you so much for listening. I appreciate that. Uh, I will get off my soapbox now. It's a good, well, it's a good soapbox to have. I'm Basically, sure. it still it comes down to essentially like these big companies making tons of money off the backs of people and like not throwing pennies at them like with royalties. And these things get streamed all over the place and yeah. and people get nothing out of it it's not fair Let's it is go- not fair no. i mean it's not quite as unfair as the fact that game brain has not gotten the golden geek true award that's yet. The, the biggest injustice of all uh, i told you i was gonna bring it back didn't i you did it. You said one more. One I said more. One more and there one it more. is. Here it is. Vote, 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 vote for Game Brain, please. Thank you so much. We know you have a lot of other board game podcasts. We love them. We look at you and me. We listen to them too. We listen to them all. Yeah. We love them. They're amazing. But this year is the year of Game Brain. It's the year. It's the year, guys. This is it. Let's all do it together. Make we can do it. Together. We are stronger yes, we can. than we are by ourselves. Yes, we can. Ben. 
Thank you so much. This is a, it's always a joy. Like we like to do three person episodes, four person episodes. Now, um, when Paul said that he couldn't make it, he said, who's, who's on? And I said, uh, well, it's, it's me and Ben. I know real wallflowers. We're going to have a really hard time. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, it's sometimes it's hard for us to even get the words out of our mouths. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, a- absolute joy. Uh, great always great hearing what your thoughts are on games well thank you, you same you, with you you are the the, the latest addition to to the host and you're such oh you're wow such Look a at, pro well you're thank so you damn what a lovely good oh thank you very much you just are it's just a, it's just a fact you're just a, go on reason. go on you are you're 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 a breath of fresh air. You are a joy to have a guest. Like if you were Thank never you. if you were never on the podcast, you would still be one of my favorite additions to our game brain. Well, gosh, gosh darn it! This is what a lovely way to end the episode. <laughs> Uh, folks, I just want to let everybody know that we have a Discord channel. Go there if you want to vote, but don't have the geek gold or don't have the uh, the, the the supporter ribbon in order to do that. Um, we have a Facebook group. You can reach out to us on Facebook and maybe somebody will be able to, to help you out that way. Please get out the word about voting. That is only going on for a very short time on Board Game Geek for the Golden Geek Award. Uh, we have a YouTube channel that is sometimes updated. Uh, and uh, you've been listening to Game Brain. Produced and edited by Matthew Robinson, Tom Donnelly, Trey Alsop, and Ben Mandelker. Special thanks to Daedalus for our incredible music. Daedalus, they are amazing. More on Daedalus at GameBrainPod.com. And thanks to Edmar Peleg for our incredible graphics. Kerbaloni is where you can find him, Kerbaloni.com. You can also reach us by email at contact at GameBrainPod.com or on Twitter at GameBrain underscore pod. Go play some games with friends. Or, or make some friends with games. <laughs>